0: The following audio is from Gold Country Baptist Church in Shingle Springs, California. Visit gcb.church to find more resources and to learn about
1: our church. Sunday, January 14th, 2024, The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness, Part 1.
2: And then
0: make sure the numbers start. Okay, let's pray and say don't.
3: Dear Lord... We just thank you for this day that you have made and that we can rejoice in it, Lord. Thank you for a Sunday where we can come and worship together to hear your word, to sing your praises, and to um, pray our hearts to you, Lord. I thank you for this ladies' group, and um, thank you for, for bringing each one here this morning. I pray that I would be clear in thought and word and that um, the words of my heart will be um, parallel with with your truth, Lord. And um, just help us to grow. We're in a season of looking at our our spiritual uh, self-disciplines, and um, we want to grow, Lord, and we want to be a church that is known for growth and hunger for your word. And so I pray that you would um, put that on each one of our hearts and that we would do the hard work to grow
2: and I thank you in your name amen,
3: amen. amen. so um, a couple of weeks ago we talked about that well I missed last week so I'm not sure what you talked about but I was sharing you know we were talking kind of about New Year's starting well yeah. and I said well I always kind of pick a word and I hadn't picked a word yet. So mine is grow or change. And um, kind of grow and change because those go together. So that was what the Lord kept putting on my heart in the last few weeks. of, um, If I want to grow, I have to change. And, um, and it's a lot of work. So uh, being disciplined to do that. So this morning I told Tara a while ago, I said, I'm ready to teach again, and um, (laughs) which is kind of a scary thing to say, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I said, I want to teach on selfishness, and um, she's like, well, let's have a little bit better of a title. (laughs) So it's the freedom of self-forgetfulness, because um, I don't know if you guys have this book. Let booklet okay. I have one for each of you, okay. if, you would. if you want yeah, one. Them out for you. Yeah, please. Um, they're small, which means they're um, <coughs> not overwhelming, right? When you have a small thing to read, it's it's it doesn't seem so overwhelming, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, they're even a half of a page of a regular page, so. 44 pages in half is about, let's say, 24 pages of a regular book. So easy to read, but so deep. Um, so that's kind of what I'm – I, I, I told, I'm not really a teacher. I'm just a book report giver. So um, this is my book report on this book. But I am a professional at being selfish, so <laughs> I, I feel like I'm proficient to be able to talk about this. Um and I was thinking about it like as wives and moms, I think we kind of uh deceive ourselves that we're not really that selfish because our lives are acts of service. Right? I have to get up every day and make sure that there's food in the house and I mean now my kids make their own food, but I have to make I have to have it there for them to make or I have to have things clean and tidy and you know, it used to be when they're little, like you're doing everything for them. Mm-hmm. So that's super selfless. But my mind and my thoughts aren't always selfless. Mm-hmm. So um, the tasks get done a lot of the time. but um, And some of them, you know, we enjoy doing. Some tasks we enjoy, some not so much.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So um, it's really about what's in our heart. And um, it's so easy to see selfishness in
2: other people. Right. Oh man, I can point it really quickly,
3: but not in myself so much, so um, so the next two weeks we're going to be talking about this. Today we're going to do more of the put-offs, what well, we want to put off, and then next week we'll talk about the put ons in um, our spiritual discipline of self-forgetfulness. Um, so, and then, you know, we're also trying to come alongside other women, right, and so helping them see where they need to grow in their heart attitudes. Um, so in this book, he says it's a natural state of the human heart to try to build its identity around something beside God. That's just our natural bent. Mm-hmm. We want something besides God. And Paul David Tripp uses the kingdom of one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have. I'll I'll talk more about it next week. But just think of that thought, like the kingdom of one who's on the throne. Me? Yeah, usually me. Not always God. I mean, he's always on the throne. But um, I don't always recognize that he's on the throne of my heart. And so uh, it's a competing, it's competing. Our thoughts are always competing for what we want and then what we know is true. So, what are some things that you think compete in your mind daily
2: for your attention? It's our own plans, our own agenda. Yeah. <clears> or <throat> you know, just like what we want to happen during the day or, or what our expectations are. Yeah. Not necessarily bad things. Yeah. Convening thoughts.
3: I told somebody every day I wake up and go, oh my gosh, what day is it? Because depends on what day it is, what's happening that day, what I have to do that day, and it's, but it's usually my first thought in the morning, and I don't want to wake up like that, Um, so the world says selfishness is our own personal truth, right, whatever we want truth to be, that's what's good for you, I was watching a show last night, I watched, it's called Finding Your Roots, and it's on like these usually stars that they've found that they go back in their history of their genealogy. Mm-hmm. And one of them was like, I just had to get everybody out of my life that was negative. And, you know, I had to, like, not read all the negative comments. And, you know, it was like the opposite of what, as believers, we think. But yet, it is what we do a lot of the time. Like, you know, and there's a healthy sense of not listening to untruth. Um, But the, I need this, I want this, I deserve this, um, that's what the world tells us. And sometimes what we tell ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? I need this, I want this. Um, So we're listening to ourselves instead of talking to ourselves. Uh, And then the Word says, which is God's truth, you are not the most important person. Um, the right person is on the throne of your heart so that we already have somebody on the throne of our heart is just whether or not we choose to um, listen to the truth of it um, so the first one which is the world selfishness is a lie that will never satisfy oh that runs selfishness is a lie that will never satisfy I didn't realize that was a little <coughs> rhyme when I wrote it so, what are some words that we would, like, associate with satisfy? Oh, contentment,
2: yeah. Happy, pleased, peace,
3: gratified, I'm, if I'm gratified, I'm content or I'm satisfied. So, are those words that mark our lives, or are they discontent, unhappy, not pleased, ungrateful, and I think we, like, let's let's really ask ourselves that, like, which one marks our lives, and sometimes we have to ask our husbands or our kids, because they know us better than we think we know ourselves, sometimes they see how we act and what we do, um... Let's read James 3, 13 through 18. And this section is, um, well, first it was from Taming the Tongue at the beginning of James, and then it goes into Wisdom from Above. So James 3, 13 through 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? by his good conduct to let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. That's such a sweet passage because, you know, it starts with what we are. And if we have these things, bitter jealousy. What's another version? Bitter, um, or envy. envy? Does anybody have envy? envy. Yeah, mm-hmm. envy, mm-hmm. Um, selfish ambition, mm-hmm. or strife. Mm-hmm. If you have these things in your heart, we yeah. are what?
2: Earthly, which is worldly, and spiritual, spiritual,
3: demonic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So the Greek for bitter jealousy, I thought was interesting. I don't know what the Greek word is. I didn't write that down. But the meaning of it for bitter was like drinking bitter water. And um I know there's some water snobs here because I know a few of them in this room. <laughs> and like you cannot handle bad tasting water, right? Mm-hmm. So, you got to bring your water every. Okay, you're one. Um, you got to bring your water. You won't drink other people's water. My daughter won't drink the water at our house a lot of the time because she hates it. Um, we have sensitive palates. Sensitive palates, oh, okay. So, but some of you taste more of the bitterness maybe in it than, like, I, or the minerals really. But, you know, yeah, like, we have a well, so it's a lot of minerals. But, um, it, so that kind of made me laugh. Like, yeah, we have these taste buds that are bitter. But what's our heart? Is our heart bitter and jealous? Um, So is our heart gross like <coughs> bitter water? And if you combine bitterness with jealousy or envy, it becomes
2: a harsh, resentful attitude towards others. That's yucky. It's yucky,
3: <laughs> and we do it right. We all have it. We don't want it, so we're gonna change. Or we're gonna grow. Um, selfish ambition or self-seeking, um, or strife is what they say. It's a way to get ahead of others. <clears throat> like that's I just want to be better than others, right? Achieve an agenda at any cost. I'm thinking about moms, right? We have an agenda for our day, um, especially when they're little. Like you said, you wake up and you're like, okay, let's plan this day. Let's have some expectations. Those aren't bad things nope. to like.
2: They're agenda ruiners. Yeah, they, they are
3: agenda ruiners. <laughs> the kids are, right?
2: God's not surprised by it.
3: We no, are. we are. Yeah, <laughs> I know. They I mean, don't intend to. But at what cost? So, what's the cost of them ruining or anybody? Ruining our agenda for the day. How do we
2: respond, Mm -hmm. right?
3: I was thinking about when my kids were little. You know, first time obedience, like that was always the standard. (laughs) And now it's laughable, right? I don't know what I was thinking. I I I get that, like we want to obey first time. I get it. Mm -hmm. But you're expecting it of a child who's not saved, and I don't even do it. And I don't even try to do it a lot of the time, you know? So I want, you know, you, we want to encourage first time obedience. Um, but where's the grace in that? At what cost? What's the cost of it? So, um, yeah, because I mean, I don't know if you remember that growing up, me talking about first time obedience. Um, of course she does, because I said it a lot. Uh, and it was, there were the costs for not obeying first time. And, but really, there was a cause for sin. And, um, but it shouldn't be my attitude and my my way wasn't being met. Um, my
2: expectations mm-hmm. were ruined, or they ruined my Jamie,
3: yeah. I'll tell on myself. Okay. It's <laughs> just
0: thinking about agenda ruining children. Our husbands can also oh, ruin right. <laughs> our And I'm telling on myself, way back when, <laughs> I would be ready to do something. And my husband said, would you be willing, or how are you- Can you do this? And my automatic reaction was, no, I can't. My day's already set. And God, in his loving kindness, slowly began to show me that that was not the correct response. And so I learned, because I have to process. I have to walk away and process. So I learned to change that to, let me think about that for a little bit, and I'll get right back to you. And I'd go away and talk to the Lord about it. And inevitably, he would show me how to help my husband and do what I needed to do.
3: Especially when they ask you to call the insurance company, and you know that's going to be like <laughs> hours, right.
0: yeah.
2: yeah,
3: something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I fight against that. It's a lot of my time,
2: right? Mm-hmm.
3: My time, me time, and um, selfish. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But we so think about it that way. Yeah. Um, So verse 15, let's read that one again, because we don't want to be this, right? This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it's earthly and spiritual and demonic. Um, So we don't, we want wisdom, but how are we thinking and living each day to get that wisdom? Verse 16, where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. Now, like we said, we all know if we live with sinners, which we do, um, or just people in our lives, <laughs> if you know anybody, you have disorder and every vile practice exists. Um, and a lot more opportunities in our home for these things. Uh, but it also, I was thinking about how does this affect the church? How do we, in our selfishness, in our... um are the wisdom that comes from above or the earthly wisdom that's unspiritual and demonic that causes disorder in every vile practice how do we bring this into the church in a bad way right well let's say you're in charge of the ministry and you have those attitudes
0: um I mean, you're defeating the whole purpose of the ministry yeah. if you can't go along, cooperate, and whoever in that ministry, if they totally insist upon their own way. It's a, I mean, and Satan loves that yeah. because we sabotage all the time when we do that.
1: Yeah. And also, it's like this church is like a family. Yes. And if you went that way, you wouldn't feel that.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think yeah. you'd be less usable by God. <laughs> um, right. Well, when you, you said at the, the beginning, you don't see selfishness in your own life, but you see it in others. Right. We yeah. um, have this standard of others that we don't even hold ourselves to, which causes us to be like in critical judgment, yeah. Yeah. and that affects relationships.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I know. I was like, I just, I mean, my opinions of others is what
3: ruins the unity. Just even in my own head, mm-hmm. even if I don't say any words against them, but it's how I think about them, Right. and then their capabilities, and I don't trust them, and mm-hmm. they're not worthy of right. whatever this role is that they might have. It's just a bad, bad snowball. So <laughs> let's. also the jealousy. You know, when you're
2: always comparing your um, work to somebody else's yeah. in the church or their work mm-hmm. so towards yours, you know, it's not going to be unified. You're not each part of the body had some function, you're always comparing yourself Separate. to the arm yeah. or to the leg yeah. or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're separating ourselves. And I've been reading Peacemakers, uh. and um, he talks mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. unity. Mm-hmm. And I think it—I think he said in every epistle that mentions unity. And body. so it's mm-hmm. obviously an extremely important thing. So yeah, of the not church. Extreme, but just a behavior in which we you know not desiring our own ways necessarily, but how because obviously there's diverseness, right? so God created that, but how can we use that to work together instead of working against each other okay. so. yeah,
3: so when we see disunity because it's here, right mm-hmm. what
2: what what should we do? We should confront it in a gentle way, mm-hmm. but if we continue to not confront it, then it actually grows, yeah and maybe reflect on ourselves.
0: So are we the one cause? Right. right. I mean, What's my part in it? We the one, or yeah. you know, playing a part, mm-hmm. and need to change that. Mm-hmm. that. It is huge. And and I think it, it's rampant in the church because we're a body, as you said, Elizabeth, you know, a family, and so you're going to get those squabbles and whatnot, and so we have to really be careful upon insisting upon our own way because that's usually what I see happening you know obviously over the years we've been to different churches and different bodies and the biggest squabbles have to do with people insisting upon their own way Mm -hmm.
2: yeah
0: Yeah. and it's not and it's when I say that I don't mean a theological terrible thing it's just preferences just preferences Yeah, a lot of the time
3: yeah Yeah, and we think about how ugly we are in our own home Mm -hmm. right like, if we're honest with ourselves, that's yeah. where we're the ugliest. And this is our home, and this is our family, too. And so, we're putting on our best face a lot of the time, and it's still really ugly. So, um, I think we need to really do some introspection on our attitudes and our, our participation
2: in it.
0: One of the big symptoms that can manifest is grumbling and complaining. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. When you, instead <laughs> of, if if she does something or says something and, and I don't go and talk to her, but instead I come to you or you or you and I say, did you know what Becky did? No. That was yeah. just so disgusting. <laughs> and, so, and I'll jump right on <laughs> your bandwagon, right, right <laughs> your And that's where we can help one another because yeah. whenever we recognize that we're starting to do that or somebody that we're close with starts to do that to just say, wait a minute, stop. <laughs> yeah. Have you talked to the, that person about it? Because I'm the wrong
3: person. Yeah, so that's what, okay, I'm a teacher, but so you guys get to do my little visual here. <laughs> we're going to make a tree, but we're going to talk about, this is our, okay, I love myself, right?
2: <laughs> what is that what they do on the tree?
3: Um, the roots, what are our roots of selfishness? Right? <laughs> Pride. No, that'd be a fruit. So we're gonna talk about roots that grow fruit.
2: Okay.
3: So a little tricky. So
2: <laughs> um, I'll give you
3: my first root.
2: Okay. My way. Does that kinda of go along with I know what's best? Sure. My ego.
3: Okay. <laughs> the whole thing is our ego, but yes. My, my best yes, my expectations.
2: Love of self, self, just myself. Mm-hmm. Number one,
1: right? I'm number one. Mm-hmm. Which else? the world absolutely oh, says, right? You, you are number care one. Take of number one.
2: Yeah. yeah. And
0: you can't love somebody else until you learn how to love yourself. So. That's a big one. My thoughts. We would never help anybody else.
3: <laughs> okay. So, what fruits do these grow? Pride. Right.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> what else? <laughs> yes. Arrogance, which is a form of pride.
2: Insisting on your own yes. way. I don't know how to spell that. Bitterness. Anger. Yeah. Discontentment. Yeah. See?
1: Yeah, I are mean, so fast I can't. <laughs> we know them yeah. well. <laughs> what do you say, Tara? Uh, <laughs> insisting on your own way. My way.
3: Right. And we could keep going, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's so many. Let me see if I thought of <laughs> others. Anger, pride, jealousy, selfish ambition, bitterness, a high view of myself.
2: Yeah. Mm. And
3: a low view. Of others? Of, of myself, even. Okay, back and Be, forth. Yeah. yeah. Depending on of, the day. We'll say of <laughs> others yeah. and of self. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. Believe in insecurity. Because poor me. Pride.
3: They didn't do it my way. Mm-hmm. That's a That's a fruit. That I'm feeling sorry for myself. Would you say, Bella?
2: Insecurity, like mm-hmm. along with the ego. Yeah.
3: I'm, mm-hmm. <coughs> I'm like on the spelling bee this morning. Insecurity. <laughs> You're good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm, for me, this helps visualize. Like, mm-hmm. okay, these are my my roots that we want to dig these out, right? This whole thing is really, and what he talks about in the book, which Elizabeth said is our ego, our ego, do we ever think about our ego, what do we think, you do, okay, good,
1: (laughs) if I get a thought in my head, I I apologize to God, because I want to be a humble person, yeah, I don't want to be like that, right, Yeah.
3: I hope that I get there, (laughs) seriously, that's part of our change, right, it's always in us, yeah, yeah, Every little thought we have is 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 pleasing to the Lord, is it not? So, Jamie, you mentioned a while ago, and it kind of goes
0: along with this: how you would think inside your head, but you wouldn't speak it. Yeah. And you may know this already, but it comes out of us anyway. Oh, by our body body language, language. by whatever. Yeah. People perceive. It comes out of my mouth too. (laughs) But even if it doesn't. Yeah. Because I had that happen to me many years ago. I was having this dialogue in my head. Ella talked about insecurities. I was insecure in a lot of things. So in my head, I would compare myself to others and find their weak areas where I was strong so I could build myself up. Yeah. And I didn't realize it was coming across until someone, this was before Christ even. A co-manager came and sat me down and said, "Do you realize this is how you're coming across?" I was shocked. I yeah. had no idea. You thought you're covering it all up. Absolutely, and we're not. And so,
3: yeah, it comes out even if we never say a word. Yeah, and I mean, I've had the opposite too, where somebody's like, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> oh, my God. "Oh, I didn't know
1: there was." I know this is my face. I know this
3: is, <laughs> this, is all know. this is it. Yeah. So. Let's let's root these out, right? It's all me, 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 right? Me, my, my. Um, so this is the put-offs, right? Um, so these are our ego, and he says in the book, so much air that it's overinflated and ready to burst. This is a big tree. Like if this was a healthy tree, look at how much fruits on that right there's there's good fruit and bad fruit, but this it looks healthy, but it's not um It's so inflated, it's ready to burst. It's swollen, inflamed, and extended past its proper size. Paul says it's the condition of the natural human ego, and in the book he gives so he gives four conditions of the natural ego. it's empty, it's painful, it's busy, and it's fragile, so empty. It means what? We're not filled with God. We're empty. It's like blowing up a balloon and it's just hot air. It's empty. Or it's an empty balloon and it's shriveled up. Um, anything that we put in the place of God is small and empty. Think about that for a second. What do we put in the place of God besides ourselves?
0: All sorts of things. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I mean, it could be anything. Could be money. It yeah. could be other people, friendship, expectations, yeah, relationships. Yeah, they be good things, but yeah. when it's in the place They're about, always going to be smaller than God. Absolutely. And not compare to what he could give us. Um, he said it's going to be painful. What happens when an organ is over distended? Is that what it's called, Carol, a distended organ? Yes.
2: Yeah, what crazy. happens
3: when a stomach... What organ could get distended? Oh,
0: well, your stomach. You know, yeah. You're get bloated yeah, you see
3: the kids that are malnourished and yeah. it's all bloated and big. That could go that way too. Yeah, um, or probably a liver or a kidney. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually we don't think about things until we're in pain, right? Right. <laughs> That's when we're like, oh my, I hit my elbow so hard. Like I don't know if it was last week or the week before. Before church on the way. Um, it was like, oh, my gosh, I, I need my elbow to move, and I, I couldn't do anything. I hit it so hard, and, um, and it made me think of this because it's like, I don't think about my elbow any time during the day, but when it hurts, it's just a little part of my body. I don't even notice it. So what's the difference between my feelings are hurt and my ego's hurt?
2: Because
3: they're different. And we need to think this way. And this book will help you. You don't know. Well, so,
0: my totally about me.
3: yes. Yeah. So, if our ego is not filled with God, right? It's about me, it's nothing. So, when I say, you hurt my feelings, maybe you really hurt my ego. What's a way, though, that we would hurt somebody's feelings or have our feelings hurt?
2: That's not their ego. Yeah. Well, Do you it something right? that's just really not in your heart that has been damaged. Yeah, I, like,
3: I was thinking I like an untruth. Like if somebody. um.
2: Slander too. Sorry? Big slander.
3: Yeah, something that wouldn't be true about you, mm-hmm. that would be hurting your feelings. Like if you tell me, Jim, you're just not trustworthy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. You know, is that my feelings or is my ego like, I'm totally trustworthy? Right. What's wrong with you? Um
2: I'm just shunning somebody.
3: Yeah. So we have to but let's when we're when we're hurt by somebody, let's think about is it my ego, my pride, my anger, my selfishness, my way, my arrogance, my insecurity? Or is it well that's not really true. So, my feelings are hurt. And I think this is a really important thing to teach our kids um, because we can easily change our feelings into how we want to feel about ourselves. Um, So just keep this an open mind with this as we learn. so, the next one is, we're busy. Our ego is very, very busy, incredibly busy, he says. It's always working to draw attention to itself, fill itself, stop the pain,
2: <clears throat> and
3: how do we do this? Jen said it. We compare, we're comparing with each other, or we're boasting about ourselves. Um, so we're super busy trying to make our ego feel better. Because mm-hmm. it's empty, it's painful, and we just want it to stop, right?
2: If, if we don't have, if we don't know God's word, then we will have a really hard time concerning our truth. Right. As opposed to what is real. And I think that's where we can, right, because they're all tools. Each, each word is something that we can hide in our heart to be able to have ready, then we can call upon that, but if we don't have that, then we have a really difficult time, because then we start thinking earthly, right? We're not going to be thinking God's way, right? right? so then we'll have a hard time discerning whether it's our feeling or whether it's untrue, or whatever it might be, and then therefore, what should we do about it?
1: Right. Well, it could be something, just talking about discernment, like it could be something that we're like, that's not true. But is it? Yeah. Like, no. Do we take the time right. to truly self-examine or ask that person? You know, that, I think that hurt my feelings, but it might just be that I have a blind spot there. Can you and ask the Lord, Right. is there something I'm not seeing? And are we, as this says, wisdom is open to reason? Yeah. Are we willing to listen when... We've been hurt, but we're not sure. Um, or are we so sure that we're will- not even willing to consider yeah. it? Yeah, because we need to be willing to consider it. Like, yeah, for sure. And doesn't a lot of the times, like, when your feelings hurt? Most of
2: the times, it's the way that it's delivered to you. Like, it hurt your feelings.
3: It's not so much what they
2: said, but how they right. said it. But then you focus it's on that being the issue versus what they actually said to you, because you can't get over the past or the point that it was like, you know, done unloving or in front of other people or harsh or whatever. Like so you just get stuck on that versus like there was truth in what they said. I just didn't deliver that.
3: Nice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm gonna read a quote from C. S. Lewis. I have never read Mere Christianity, I'm gonna admit it, in this class, so that you guys can keep me accountable this year. I'm gonna read it on my to be read list. I can't believe I've never read it. So he says, Pride gets no pleasure out of having something, only out of having more of it than the next person. We say that people are proud of being rich or clever or good looking, but they are not. They are proud of being richer or cleverer or better looking than others. If everyone else became equally rich or clever or good looking, there would be nothing to be proud about. So, and then Keller says, in other words, we are only proud of being more successful, more intelligent, more good looking than the next person. And when we are in the presence of someone who is more successful, intelligent, and good looking than we are, we lose all pleasure in what we had. That is because we really had no pleasure in it. We were proud of it. As Lewis says, pride is the pleasure of having more than the next person. Pride is the pleasure of being more than the next person. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's why wealthy people, can it's like they never have enough. Yeah. There's always going to
2: be somebody that has more than
3: them. Yeah. And aren't we satisfied with what we have until we see that somebody has something more?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Like, I'm pretty satisfied until I see, I don't know what it is, but mm-hmm. something I'm like, oh, yeah, that'd be nice to have. Mm-hmm. Okay, the last one, fragile, our ego is fragile, which is selfishness can manifest by inflation or pride or deflation or self-loathing, and that's what I was talking about. And I was thinking about John Street came a few years ago and did a conference, and he told us this example of a girl who came to his office for counseling, and I just hate myself, I don't, you know, I can't stand myself, I don't do anything right. Right. And then he, you know, then they went to lunch and there's a cafeteria and he's watching her pick through all the food and make yeah. sure she gets the best of everything and mm-hmm. he said if you really hated yourself you'd just be eating like garbage, not the best, right? Yeah. So even when we think we're hating ourselves, we still love ourselves mm-hmm. and treat ourselves well. Um but we it manifests in our words and our thoughts of self loathing. Um So, one of the many ways that we talked about being selfish is pride, but what about spiritual pride? How do we do this? Spiritual pride is the illusion that we are competent to run our own lives, achieve our own self worth, and find a purpose big enough to give us meaning of
2: life without God.
3: I wanted to read 1 Corinthians 9 which is the running, running the race. 9.24. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athletic exercise, every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive perishable, a perishable reap, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly, I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Mm -hmm. Amen, right? Mm -hmm. All right, so Paul's approach, which, you know, always good. Paul is our God-given example in Scripture of how we can... Uh, think less of ourselves. He says, um, it can't be more different than the world's approach. He cares very little if he's judged by the Corinthians or by any human court. And and then he goes even further. He will not even judge himself. It is as if he says, I don't care what you think, but I don't care what I think. I have a very low opinion of your opinion of me. But I have a very low opinion of my opinion of me. The fact that he has a clear conscience makes no difference. Like, it doesn't matter if we think, I don't care what people think of me, right? Because that's not thinking about who cares, right? God. Look carefully at what, and we're going to read, if somebody wants to get 1 Corinthians 4, 3-4. through Look carefully at what it says in verse 4. My conscience is clear but that does not make me innocent. His conscience may be clear, but he knows that even if he does have a clear conscience, that does not necessarily mean he is innocent. Hitler might have had a clear conscience, but it does not mean he was innocent. Mm -hmm. Can somebody read that, you have it, Becky? Sure. Um, But with me, it's it's
0: a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. I do not even judge myself. I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the
2: Lord who judges me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: So how do we get to the point where we don't care what other people
2: think, but we really don't care what we think? Unless it's from the Lord. Yeah. Unless we're thinking on truth.
0: The new American standard uses examines instead of judges.
3: Okay, yeah, examine ourselves.
2: Yeah.
3: (coughs) I had ESV. I don't know. This Bible, this is an ESV. Yeah, I can't remember what the ESV said either. But um... (coughs) so how are we doing with this? How are we thinking? How are we? How do we get to the point where we don't care what other people think? And we don't care what we think, but we only care about what God thinks. We, like Elizabeth said, you know, you take that thought captive and you ask the Lord to, you know, for forgiveness if we are thinking wrongly. So if I ask you guys, tell me something about yourself, shout it out. Just tell me something, like if I didn't know you. Tell me something about you.
2: You're a. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Shy in large crowds.
3: Shy in large crowds.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. What else? Something you like, or something you do, or something that defines you. Oh, I read. Yeah. You ready? My wife and a mom. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm a teacher, I'm um, caregiver. Uh, you're a caregiver, i are a caregiver, I'm
0: singing in church, you'll know I'm Tonya.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you're not a singer, but you're a singer, right? That's called the joyful noise. That's right, yeah. right. <laughs> but I think we think about ourselves in a totally different way than we tell people. Mm-hmm. Um, we identify our... Character um, or our jobs, mom, um, wife, and teacher, um, our jobs that we work outside of the home, um, and then think about some of those things if they're taken away from you.
2: Is it? Um, I'm no, like, let's say our husband's passed away. I'm no longer a wife, right? I'm, on the earth I mean I've been a wife
3: it's how we think about who God is um, and who we are I think we just think so much about ourselves and our position in the world and it's hard to be heavenly minded when we live here on earth you know what that thought
0: had crossed my mind before I retired Mm -hmm. you know
3: what am I going to be
0: when I'm yeah, done, right? I thought, wow, I've been a teacher, administrator for so long. And so I had to work through that mm-hmm. and and think, like you said, in terms of, well, who am, I, who am I before God, you know? So that's a time also where you have to kind of reflect and see. Yeah. 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 And, it, and it was a good thing. Yeah. It was
3: a good exercise. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes things are taken away from us. Yeah. And... We're not ready
2: to let those things go. That's right. Yeah, I think it's an issue of our identity, and
1: when we misidentify ourselves as what we do rather than who we are in Christ, when something's taken away, we're sent into a tailspin because now that's not what I do anymore. So now, what? Like, who am I? Yeah. You lost what you did, but now you're in this tailspin of like, who am I? Yeah, and
3: I think we all think. Like, when I asked that question, the first thing you guys said was mm-hmm. a Christian, right? But that's not what we always think about first when we're thinking about
1: ourselves. But it's the Sunday it. yes. school where
3: Yes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I should have expected that. You know that or Jesus. Jesus. Right. Um, yeah, so, I mean, thankfully we can't take, have the Lord taken away from us. But all the mm-hmm. earthly things of who we are and what we do can be taken away from us. And so who are we before God and what does he think of us? Is what we need to be thinking about. Is that like the
1: fruit of the spirit? Like, we need to be kind and gentle and be known by that, not be known by what we do and who we are, mm-hmm. but are we known by having
2: self control or, you know, those things you can't take away from somebody. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Because if you all of a sudden find that you're no longer a mom, like, let's say, you know, there's some tragedy, it's, is what, are, how are we going to survive that? if we don't have the fruit of the spirit and that's not what's characterized by us, um, is it a devastation to our spiritual growth because we're no longer given some earthly thing that we had identified with. Um,
2: And we like our jobs, you know, we like to know exactly what to do, whether it's being a mother or, you know, we like to know that there's just a set of like, this is what your job is, whether or not you go out of the home or in the home.
1: Right. yeah. 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 And well, those things are clear in scripture. Like, we're given instruction and the things that we are to do. You know, you think about, like, we're all commanded to be keepers of our home, right? Yeah. But, you know... If, but if your yeah,
3: home burns down... Many,
1: well, Jesus, <laughs> but I mean, if somebody pops by in my home, it's a disaster because my life is, like, in upheaval right now. Am I going to panic? Or go, This is my house today. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm still keeping my you know. home, whether it's trying to keep the... Emotional disturbances at bay, or I'm trying to clean and
2: make it look tidy. We're still keeping our home. It doesn't always mean that it's a perfectly visual keeping. It's keeping um, people
1: fed and clothed and warm. And Pinterest has made it very Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just don't look in the garage.
3: <laughs> exactly. The closets.
2: <laughs> <laughs> One thing. Um, that really helped me um, see where my heart was, and then he drew me to himself. He probably like. <coughs> so focused from here to there, where it should be. Was um, when my health was taken away. Heard about my my parents, my in-laws. We had a lot of lost My sister. Um, that was first, and. Um, it helped me see that um, my heart was not where it needed to be when I lost them. It's like my purpose was gone all of a sudden, you know, in caring for them um, all those years. Mm-hmm. And um, and I almost, when I lost my dad, who was my best friend, my counselor, you mm-hmm. know, um, <clears throat> I felt like, God had let me down and I almost felt like I couldn't pray because I and it was him like drawing himself and drawing, drawing himself to, to drawing me to himself. Yeah. Um <clears throat> because my my I was putting my faith, my belief, everything on my dad, not yeah, not on him. And when that was gone, I'm like, I can't even pray. I'm like, unable to. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I was not just because you weren't already practicing those things, right? In in total dependence on the Lord. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So that was the first time that he really like opened my eyes to where my heart really was. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when when my health when he he took my health away you know that was in agony that's when I really really um, it was like a turning point for me Mm -hmm. because that's when I learned to truly totally wholly depend on him and I knew that I was nothing without Mm him and I had to trust that regardless of whether he healed me, whether I got, I got better and I was able to do things again or not, he was going to see me through. He was an about me. He was going to see me through it. Um, so that was that was a big big thing you know, to learn to just trust him and turn to him right. through whatever it is. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and that's where we don't want trials, but they either cause us to run to the Lord or to run from Him. Right, mm-hmm. and so. Um, now you can see how those trials changed you for the Lord to draw you to him. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, that's great.
3: Um, I'm just going to keep going because we have (laughs) two or three minutes. Okay. Gospel humility is not needing to think about myself, not needing to connect things with myself. It is the end to the thoughts and the speech such as, I'm in this room with these people. Does that make me look good? Is it good that we're all in this Sunday school class today? Yeah. If somebody walks by, they see us in this room. I don't know. Whatever we think. Um, True gospel humility means stop connecting every experience, every conversation with myself. In fact, I stopped thinking about myself, the freedom of self-forgetfulness, the blessed rest that only
2: self-forgetfulness brings.
3: Um. So, if everything, I mean, okay, I'm not an overthinker, typically, um, because I just don't have a lot of space in my head. (laughs) I don't don't have time for that, but I have, you know, there's times where something happens and, you know, I can have a full argument with you in my head about it. Um, But if you, I know there's some overthinkers in here. Yeah, do have to raise your hand, but I know there are. So, how do you train and discipline your mind to do this? To not make every conversation, every thought, every experience about yourself. I was talking to a lady who's like, she said she leaves every conversation and is like, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't, or I should have said, you know. She overthinks every single conversation. And, um... And like she came to ask me for forgiveness, and I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. You know, it it just you took this way too seriously, and I don't even remember the conversation. Um, which I appreciate like her thoughtfulness and her introspection. But are we overthinking all the time? I don't know if you guys are overthinkers, but that's exhausting mm-hmm. to me. Are you an I- overthinker?
2: less than I used to be. Good. And so I think understanding the sovereignty of God in every conversation is important. Mm-hmm. Like knowing that he's over all that wasn't surprised by what the other person said wasn't surprised by what you said. And um, and then just having like examining like yeah. is there anything really here? And then um, but not over examining because sometimes we can make something out of something that's yeah. not really there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, and then just leaving it. I remember when I I um, I think I've shared this story before, but when I worked at PCS, it was really hard for me when a parent had something to say about me on Friday. Because then I had to wait the whole weekend to talk to Gail in the principal's office <laughs> with the parents. And that was really hard because I didn't like the idea that someone thought poorly of me. Hmm. And and now I can just go, you know, well, I can examine the situation and go, okay, was how was I off in that situation and how can I be prepared? To you know, humbly receive whatever they might have to say, and um and not you know take it personally. Like in the mm-hmm. sense that it's like it's not a personal attack. It's just it's actually a good thing that they want to bring something to me. And how can I you know examine myself and, yeah. and grow from that? So.
3: And if you could have taken care of it on Friday, you might not have thought so deeply about for yourself, I mean
2: not to overthink it, but
3: right. There is a point where you gotta go. Okay, I'm done. Yeah,
2: yeah, Yeah. for sure. Just temperament-wise, you know, some Christians have an extremely sensitive conscience. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and then we can also err on the other side where we don't think very much about what we're doing. Yeah, be insensitive. Yeah, for sure. Biblically informing our conscience and just you know learning you know through trial sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, conversations and you know, help help from the Lord and each other, mm-hmm. you know, we can grow to be more kind of towards the middle, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I used to have a super sensitive conscience, like, I was the person, who's like, oh, what did I say? And you know, mm-hmm. and basically, it's you know, just pride, mm-hmm.
3: yeah, and mm-hmm. wanting to look a certain way or yeah. them perceive you that way,
2: yeah,
3: <coughs> yeah. I had we had um really good discussion at our in our young adult group the other night and sharing how we want to grow and one of the girls was sharing that she's an overthinker, and it's to the point where if she's journaling like a prayer journal and she doesn't capitalize he or God she feels like she has to repent and I was like oh my gosh that's Mm -hmm. exhausting I mean and she knows it and she's like it's not even sinful it's not I just like I I said, yeah, you got to stop listening to yourself. And she was like, she had never heard that before. And um, said, just speak truth to yourself. Like, God's God's happy with my prayer, like that I prayed, you know, or whatever. And he knows your heart. So um, I think we should stop. I do have homework, although I don't know if I have enough for everybody. You guys all showed up this morning. Um, So I have Psalm
2: 139,
3: and... It's a prayer, mm-hmm. and so I just printed it out so that if you want to write on it, and I have a couple questions. Where do you look for self-worth? Where do you find your identity? And um, and then, you know, remember that an idol is anything that you sin to get. You sin if you don't get or if you lose it, like we talked about. So if you want one of these, Take one. I think I have twelve. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you could take a picture. Um, I just like to write on things if I'm doing something like that. So if you want, um, you could take one. And, yeah.
0: Jamie, another verse. Maybe take one. It would be Psalm
2: 19:14. Which is? The meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth. Please in my yeah. Yes. Do you have any more yellow books? I have one.
1: Okay. You do? do you? I don't. Do like one one. you don't one? have a one? I think okay. I have one. Okay. I have She'd, one I do have one
3: Ella says she oh, has one. one. Oh, you have
1: one. Yeah, yeah. She was the only one to take that one. Okay. Draw. I should have
3: ordered more than 15. One. I read that three years ago. I
0: Yeah. the third one you said? I mean, basically, oh, talking about idols. Anything that you are willing to... Anything
3: you, know, you sin to get. Sin to get. Yeah, right. Sin if you don't get. To get. Or sin or when you lose. Okay. I guess you lose. Okay, let me end in prayer really quick. If you need to go, go. And we'll keep going next week. Dear Lord, I just thank you for your word and your truths that we can hide in our heart um, and into our minds really, Lord, that you would um, help us to draw these things to mind when we're struggling with sinful thoughts of ourselves and pride and, and um, that you would just let us root out our sins of, um, of bitterness and anger and jealousy and, and all these things, Lord, of
2: self. Help us to have a freedom of self-forgetfulness in our hearts, Lord. In your name. Amen. Amen. Amen.